Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. What's going on, dirty It's DA on CBS Sports Radio. DA, how you feeling, bro? Man, I'm feeling great. I'm doing great. Happy Monday, boys and girls. One question, one question only. How do you feel? Well, I feel good, and I'm doing well. Well, that's all that really matters, and we appreciate you being with us. Coming up in 20 minutes, my friend Casey Pratt from ABC7 of the Bay Area. The twists and turns of the A's potential relocation of Vegas knows no end. They have flip-flopped between sites in Vegas, even within the own. The second site, they have flip-flopped what side of the acreage and the lot. What's real, what's not? We saw that the public money dipped again last week for the Oakland A's getting money from the taxpayers and the lawmakers of Vegas. So we'll talk to Casey Pratt. He's been all over this for a long time. I know a lot of A's fans have come here for the latest on information and What's going on for real, not just what's reported. So Casey's the best at it, and I appreciate his time. It's early for him on the West Coast, so he's going to get up with us coming up here on the show in about 20 minutes from now. Well, this Miami Heat team is authoring one of the great runs ever. Only one eight seed has ever made the NBA Finals. That was the 1999 New York Knicks, and they did so because it was a shortened labor stoppage season, a 50-game sprint this Heat team, though, is doing it in a full 82-game schedule, and they're a win away with a 3-0 series lead of the conference finals. Joining us this morning on the show to discuss and dissect both conference finals, our friend from Sirius XM NBA Radio, Justin Termini. JT, good morning. Kevin, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Last night after a 2-0 series lead, both wins in Boston, the Heat were still underdogs. Not only in the series, but in the game itself at home, they they were plus four and a half. Why has it taken so long for people to come around and respect Miami? Yeah, I don't even understand those uh, those type of like analytical pages or like the uh, the the Vegas uh, and the way they're putting these odds up. Because I remember last year I'm sitting at the NBA Finals and I picked Golden State to win because the experience factor. And I think Golden State was given a 14 percent chance uh, to win, uh, you know, on like the ESPN stat sites and a 14 percent chance uh, to you know to win the championship. Celtics were given 86 percent, and Golden State won it. And once again, it's been proven uh, to be inaccurate this year. And I guess it's just based off what we saw in the regular season, right? Miami stunk during the regular season. Boston was awesome. Boston's been here last year. Uh, and I think it's just a, a difference in mentality uh, because talent, Boston has it, but mentality uh, and coaching are, are definitely in Miami's favor. What happened last night to a game that probably decided the season, the Celtics no-showing? 
Well, I mean, and you've seen this like you followed the Celtics throughout the course of the last couple of years. And one of the reasons I thought like Imei Udoka did a tremendous job last season is because he was like their tough guy, right? He was the guy that held everybody accountable. Uh, I'm not sure that they have that with Joe Missoula. And uh, it looked like a team that, that just gave up, unfortunately. And Miami, you know, is professional, whereas you're running to like Philadelphia, Philadelphia, I think has some of the same issues that uh, that Boston does with like the lack of professionalism, and it makes you scratch your head how Philadelphia lost like a game six to this Celtics team on their home floor uh, when they were up three two with a chance to close. But I think it's just Miami being a far better coach team and a, a far more professional team. But yeah, that was embarrassing last night. If Jason Tatum's the best player on your roster and he's garbage in the fourth quarters of the first two games, and then gets benched in the third game last night of the fourth quarter, what does that say about Jason Tatum? Yeah, I mean, it's weird because I think the first uh, couple of the series, especially against Philadelphia, Tatum didn't show up in the first half, right? Then he turns it on in the second half and was spectacular down the stretch. Here it's been the opposite where he hasn't been any good for the uh, the, the fourth quarters, but he's been pretty good the first three quarters. Last night, obviously, he was bad the entire game. But let's not also forget Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's about to make $300 million, at least if the Celtics give him this contract. He made second-team All-NBA, which means people thought he was one of the 10 best players in the league this year and while I don't think Tatum has been great like he kind of held up his end of the bargain in the first two games outside of the fourth quarter like you need some help from Jalen Brown look at the Nugget series right it was like the first two games Nikola Jokic was the best player on the floor through the first three quarters in each game then Jamal Murray took over in the fourth then you saw in game three Jamal Murray was fantastic in the first three quarters Jokic really didn't do anything but then Jokic picked it up in the fourth quarter so those guys are kind of picking each other up you haven't seen that in Boston where Jalen Brown's been non-existent for all you know 12 quarters so far in this series should the Celtics bring back Joe Missoula next year? Uh, I don't think they should. I don't think. I, I think they probably will. It'd be pretty gutsy to like give him an extension and then uh, and then fire him. I don't really blame Joe Missoula. He was thrown into the spot, but he's clearly in over his head. I blame more Brad Stevens for giving him that contract without seeing him coach a, a postseason game. Uh, so I think they should uh, they should remove him, but I, I don't know if they will just because of like the optics and the fact they invested so much money in a midseason with this long term contract extension. Justin Termini, the NBA Today on Sirius XM NBA Radio. Last night, the Celtics get embarrassed. And for the Heat, how are they the one franchise that finds all of these G League and undrafted guys and develop them into winners? I mean, every team has one of those guys. But how do the, the Heat collect them and have them all step up? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and I, I credit the coach, Eric Spolster. I think he's been, been fantastic. And it's really weird because if Miami's going to get guys like that, then it's pretty much game over because there's no place in the sport that's easier to recruit like a free agent than, than Miami, right? Like they were kind of a mess a couple of years ago. They had Udonis Haslam and Tyler Johnson and Deion Waiters, and there were bad contracts signed by, by Pat Riley. But then Jimmy Butler wants to go down there and, and play for whatever reason, whether he liked the quote-unquote culture or Eric Spolstra or he just wanted to live the lifestyle down in Miami, like he kind of got him out of the hole where he gives you your one star and then they're surrounded by all these guys that step up. But it's amazing just because Duncan Robinson, you look at what he did during the regular season, the guy never played. It looked like one of the worst contracts in the sport. 
Then he's going out there yesterday, and not only is he knocking down threes, but he's like penetrating and beating the Celtics' defense, uh, and he looks like one of the better players in the league. So uh, it's amazing how they find these guys and how they step up at the right time. Like Kyle Lowry, for two consecutive years, people are complaining down there in, in Miami about how he's out of shape. Uh, it's a horrible contract, uh, and his career looked over last year in the postseason, and now all of a sudden he's back to playing like Kyle Lowry of maybe three or four years ago when he's making a run to the title with Toronto. When it comes to the Nuggets, is there any part of you that fears that if they get to the NBA Finals or when they get to the NBA Finals, defensively they'll have enough lapses and that'll be their Achilles heel? Well, that's what I thought like heading into the postseason, and I think they've stepped it up here. And you saw it like the last couple of months. I think they like turned off the switch because they were comfortably ahead in the Western Conference and nobody was pushing them. But they're, they're outside in the top 15 defensively, and usually it takes a top 10 team uh, to win a championship. Uh, like a top 10 regular season defense translates to the postseason. But then I look on the other side, and I'm, I'm looking at Miami, and yeah, okay, typically you don't see a 7th or an 8th seed make a run to the finals either. So uh, I think it's two like outliers, and I probably trust uh, what I see in Denver more than I trust in Miami. But, yes, I, I thought heading into the postseason their weak point was going to be their defense. Thus far, that hasn't been an issue. We didn't see Jamal Murray over the last two years because of the injury. If Jamal Murray was healthy, would we have seen this caliber of Nuggets contention the last two seasons as well? Did this run really begin in the bubble and Nuggets have been this good minus Murray for the last three years? Yeah, and I thought it was like the year after the bubble, so I didn't think they were better than the Lakers when they lost to them in the bubble, but I actually picked them to get to the NBA Finals as soon as they made that Aaron Gordon trade, and then a couple of weeks later, Murray got hurt, uh, and then they're they're gone the, the last two years. They didn't stand the chance, but I thought that that team had a legit shot to go to the NBA Finals, and I think they would have over like Phoenix in 2021 if Jamal Murray didn't get hurt, so I think the Western Conference really did luck out with Phoenix in 2021 and then Golden State last year because this version of Denver is better than that team that won the championship last year for Golden State. And to, to me, it's no surprise. Like to for Jamal Murray to play at this level in the postseason after the regular season he had is a little bit of a surprise to me. But it's not a surprise to me that like Denver is a is a dominant and legitimate contender because they do have the best player in the sport, in my estimation, in Jokic. This is going to change Jokic's legacy if he wins a championship, right? I mean, he was a two-time MVP already. But if he also wins a championship, that elevates him to a place that I, I think a lot of casual fans have not put him at yet. No, absolutely. And a lot of, not even just the casual fans, but the talking heads as well. And I think maybe the most embarrassing rhetoric that we've seen in the NBA in a while uh, has surrounded him and like why he's winning these MVP awards, whether he's a stat patter or not, the guy can't win. I mean, he was missing his second and third best players the last two years uh, and winning almost 50 games. Okay. And then he goes into the postseason. What Will Barton is his second leading scorer. Monty Morris is playing a major role. Like Will Barton's at the precipice of being out of the league. So, uh, yeah, it'll change the rhetoric. It's not really changing it for me because I, I, you know, listen, I get stuff wrong. Miami's making me look like an idiot. I thought they'd lose in four or five games in the, in the first round, okay? So I, I get stuff wrong too, but I was not wrong on this guy. Like, I enjoy watching him play more than any other player in the league. I've always felt that he was one of the two or three best players uh, in the sport, and now I'm, I'm glad that he's on a national stage getting that type of recognition because, yes, it, will cha- it should change the rhetoric around him. Justin Termini, Sirius XM, NBA Radio, joins us. Finally, what's the thing that annoys you most about Bogus? 
uh, Andrew Bogish, uh, I mean, the ego, I mean, he's, uh, like he'll, he'll call me after shows that he, that you guys do. Uh, and, uh, you know, he'll say he should be doing this. He should be doing that. He, he should get more leeway than you give him. Uh, he thinks you're, you're a difficult boss, but he doesn't have the guts to say it to your face. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just the fact that he's got to do stuff behind people's back. that really bothers me. And I'm sure he talks behind my back to you guys as well. <laughs> Justin Termini, check him out the NBA Today on Sirius XM NBA Radio. Thanks, JT. All right. Farewell, fellas. Okay, see ya. People are weighing in on Mraz's Canadian bacon. Steven in South Carolina says, I've been hard on Mraz's late bacon lately. However, I must say this bacon was his best. Give the man a five-oinker. Way to go. Wow. Joe in Carolina. That's so. Mraz played the clip from game one, thinks game four tonight. Hashtag deduct oinks. Okay, sure. I mean, I that clerical error Pete's right, but I also didn't get a five, so points were already deducted. But not for that. Moist Pork says, I knew nothing about the games last night, but was still highly entertained. Moraz nailed the song, but once the score is etched in stone, there is no changing it. Too bad on the wrong soundbite. Four and a half is a good score for oinks. Big Larry says, come on, Bogues. I remember several times that he's played clips that Oops, have messed up. Then he stops and blames the board ops or the tape ops. It's okay to point out, but get off the high horse, buddy. And Filthy Creatures, appropriately tweets it, was that what that was? The Friends theme song? It almost killed me, made me drive off the road. 820 Canadian Bacon. There's a big vote for your Friends theme song. I'm getting more positive reaction than the end of last week. Mm Mm-hmm. When we come back on the show, the latest on the A's in Vegas with our friend Casey Pratt, ABC, ABC 7 of the Bay Area, DA, CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With us on this Monday morning, the... NBA playoffs. We got some deep 
holes dug by the Los, Los Angeles Lakers or the Boston Celtics. Woof! And on the baseball side of things, not to be undone, the twisted turns continue with the Oakland A's and the attempted relocation to Las Vegas. I know that we've had a lot of A's fans tune into the show because I've been pretty vocal about this. And I know that we're on in Vegas as well. And so a lot of people in Vegas are invested in the potential relocation. A guy that knows more about this than anybody out there is Casey Pratt, ABC7 in the Bay Area. He's been following this story for years now. And he's joined us in the past, and I wanted the latest on this from Casey's vantage points. He joins us here on the show, ABC7 of the Bay Area. You can watch Casey join us as well in the simulcast on YouTube, Twitch, and WatchDA.com. My man, Casey, good morning. Good morning, Damon. I don't know if you know this, but it's actually nine hours later where you are, uh, three hours later where you are. 9 a.m. is uh, 6 a.m. where I am, so uh, I'm just waking up, and you're getting rolling. Oh, I know that all too well, Casey. We had, a, we had a workout of time where you were actually up. So I, I know that you are burning the midnight oil for us, and I appreciate that very much. Let's start with the Vegas side of things, and it seems as though Vegas lawmakers continue to take away from the pot of taxpayer money that John Fisher and the A's would potentially get. Is this true? Is this because maybe there's more, there's less of an appetite than originally of giving public money to the A's. Yeah, well, you look at what they're asking for, $395 million in public funds, and the state is saying, look, we can come up with 195 And Clark County, by the way, you're going to need to come up with the rest, which would be about $200 million. And all the Clark County commissioners that are coming out and talking about this are saying, well, we don't even have any money to give them. So at this point, it could, it could lead to like taxes being raised out there, which would be a huge no-no. Uh, the state could tell Clark County, you have to pay this, which could lead to lawsuits and slow things down. So at this point, the appetite for A's baseball is uh, souring pretty quickly. Is this possible that John Fisher shot himself in the foot, that he tried to strip this thing down to the studs in Oakland, and now, because the team is so bad, that now in Vegas that the, the baseball fans there, the taxpayers there, don't don't have much of an appetite to pay public money for a bad baseball team? Yeah, see, I think this was a grand miscalculation by the A's because if you had a really good team, you know, something that actually excited people, uh, people might actually want that team. Like, they might be clamoring for that team, but they stripped this team down to the studs right before trying to secure a deal either in Oakland or Las Vegas, which was a terrible move because – no one wants the A's right now, and they've driven away all the fans. They've stripped the roster down to the worst in baseball, and now they're saying, oh, we got this great product. Come give us all your free money, Vegas, and it's just not a great sales pitch. You see a lot of stadium building. When that happens, the teams are good. They try to have a really good roster and to entice the public into signing off on these large deals. The A's did the opposite approach, and it sort of speaks to the desperation of the franchise and the unwillingness to spend any money by A's ownership. Casey Pratt, ABC 7 in the Bay Area. What's the timeline on getting things done in Vegas? Because right now the clock is ticking on this binding agreement for this new site at the site of the Tropicana as well, right? I mean, this, this is far from a done deal. Yeah, so it's an interesting timeline in that by the end of this month and very, very soon, they need to have legislation drafted to try to even get the A's the money they want in the first place. 
If they don't get that, they're going to have to go into a special session. Well, they're already asking for $395 million of public funds. And if they go to a special session, that's something that's going to cost taxpayers money too, probably like $10,000 a day. At this point, the taxpayers are going to be like, okay, at what point does this stop, right? So the clock is ticking. They, they've got to get, they've got to get something drawn up by the end of the month or call a special session just for this. Let's just say that doesn't happen. Does that take us back to square one? Or do you think the A's still have motivation to keep trying to get it done in Vegas? I think they keep pushing in Las Vegas until they have a firm answer. Uh, what they haven't really had this entire time when they were dealing with Oakland, there was always the specter of the parallel path in Las Vegas, but they never really had a firm answer. Like, what did Las Vegas actually mean to the Oakland A's? At this point, they're trying to rush to get that answer. And Everything appears rushed and feels rushed at this point, and because it is rushed. Uh, but they're going to try to find out what their actual answer is out there. Because if they strike out in Las Vegas, the only option they have is to try to come back to the table in Oakland. And they've really burned that bridge in a large, a large way. So at this point, I just don't see it. I think if they strike out in Vegas, they're going to have to entertain selling the team. And then... It's a different dynamic, right? Because when you say they burn bridges in Oakland... Would the city have patience and willingness to work with new A's ownership? Yeah, so I've asked about this the second this thing went down and went south here. Uh, the city would absolutely be willing to work with the new A's ownership. In fact, they even said that they'd be willing to take the call from the current A's ownership, which is hard to believe after everything that's happened, but they would. So, uh, yes, if a new owner came in and bought this team... Uh, the city would absolutely be willing to work with them. And furthermore, if the new ownership came in, you know, they could scale down this project at Howard Terminal and make it a whole lot easier to build. The project at Howard Terminal for the A's currently was stadium, residential, commercial real estate, public parks, all these other things. If you just built a stadium, maybe a hotel, maybe some bars and restaurants around it, and then scaled up in later phases, uh, this thing could have been done a lot quicker. So that's that's been the ruse here as Casey Pratt, ABC7 of the Bay Area, joins us, is that John Fisher's ownership team with the Oakland A's said, we need massive multi-use development all around the ballpark. So we need land and we need hotels and we need bars and restaurants. Well, he's gone to Vegas and now they've been shoehorned into a little five-acre lot and they can't have mixed-use development. So... Now, what does that say about that needing to be the priority if the A's basically are not going to get that even if they go to Vegas? Yeah, you're really spot on on that, Damon. That's why you're the best. That's why I want to come on the show and talk to you all the time. They, they really did say in Oakland they couldn't afford to build the stadium and support the team without all the residential and commercial real estate to support the development. And in Vegas, it's just one nine-acre ballpark site. That is it. Any ancillary development will be the TROP or Bally Sports to do. And so it's kind of funny to see them say that they had to have all this stuff in Oakland on the waterfront, and now in Vegas they have none of it. It's a really interesting thing to look at, uh, but it does tell you a lot about their motivations in Vegas because in Vegas, here's what they are getting, though. Waived relocation free fee, free land on the strip. Uh, some other development money's coming in, and hopefully that $395 million in tax dollars. So, yes, they can now just build a ballpark, a tiny little ballpark on the Strip, because they're getting all these handouts as well. So it's an interesting thing to look at. Where is the money coming from 
to flesh out the rest of the ballpark. They want to build a $1.5 billion ballpark, and at best they would get $400 million from Vegas and Clark County. Where is John Fisher coming up with $1.1 billion to build the rest of that out of his own pocket? Uh, you know, <laughs> hopefully loans. And if you look at what was going on in Oakland, the stadium in Oakland would have probably been cheaper because it didn't need a retractable roof or a dome. In Vegas, it does actually need a retractable roof or a dome. Uh, I don't even know if you can put a retractable roof on nine acres, but that's another problem for the engineers and ballpark developers if they ever get them. Uh, so yeah, they would probably have to finance that. And I know you may have seen this. I tweeted it out and, and a great person, Vitamin D on Twitter, if you look him up, he actually did find <laughs> that the A's have loans taken out against both the Oakland Athletics franchise and the San Jose Earthquakes franchise. So John Fisher's already borrowed against the totals of both of his pro sports teams. So I don't know how easy it'll be to get loans, but he is supposedly a billionaire. So there's always that. <laughs> supposedly, yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Give me your crystal ball here, Casey. You followed this story longer than anybody. You've got boots on the ground of the Bay Area. You know the ups and downs, the ins and outs. What's your most likely scenario for how this all unfolds? So I think that if I had to handicap this, I'm still leaning in Las Vegas's favor, as much as that pains me as a Bay Area person to say it. And that's a credit to Las Vegas. It's a credit to Nevada lawmakers because they have a get to yes attitude about things. They like to try to find a way to make a deal, try to find a way to get things built. It's a lot tougher to build in Oakland. It's a lot tougher to build on the Oakland waterfront even. So I'm going to go ahead and give Vegas the edge, not because of the A's and John Fisher and Dave Cavill's success, but because of the way they try to approach getting things done in Las Vegas. But this is a big but. Keep in mind, <laughs> things are not going well out there, and they don't have a lot of time. So there are a lot of things that could derail this at this point for Las Vegas, but I have to give them the edge because the ball is in their court currently. Best case scenario for Oakland keeping the A's would be that it falls apart in Vegas, and that forces Major League Baseball to say, that these bozos, Cavill and Fisher, can't get their act together. We've got to force them to sell, maybe to a Joe Lakeup or something like that in the Bay Area. And Bay Area keeps the A's, new ownership, and then maybe an expansion team goes to Vegas? That is the absolute dream scenario, I think, for Oakland and Las Vegas because people in Las Vegas are now seeing how the A's current ownership comports itself, and they're very turned off. And I think people in Oakland have seen for many, many years how this current ownership group comports itself, which is why there's so many empty seats and protests going on, uh, sell signs all over the place. They want the team sold. So if a new owner could come in here, stop embarrassing Oakland, stop embarrassing Las Vegas, <laughs> get a new owner in Oakland, get an expansion in Vegas. I think that's what everybody truly wants, because uh, at some point, I, I can't believe Rob Manfred's going to let the charade go on any longer. When... Ever I speak about this or tweet about it, inevitably I get a crowd of folks that say, well, the Raiders and the Warriors left the Bay Area anyway. Nobody wants to be in Oakland. Oakland sucks. It's dirty. There's no money there. That's why everyone's going to Vegas. And people point the finger at Oakland. And I feel like that's a bunch of people that have ever been there that just yeah. kind of want to paint Oakland as the villain. That makes it an easy story to, to go from A to Z. Tell me the reality of how this folds into losing the previous two teams or is different than the previous two situations. 
Yeah, I'll try to sum it up real fast. So the Raiders got $750 million in public funds from Las Vegas. They were never going to turn that down. It would be insane to do that. And the A's were blocking any plans they could have had at the place they currently played. The Warriors had the territorial rights for the entire Bay Area, something that the Raiders and A's have never had. If you're going to build a brand new sparkly arena, if you have the option to do it in San Francisco, I hate to say it, but land is more valuable there. The Warriors went to San Francisco. Both of those situations, I don't see any way you can put that on Oakland. The A's situation is different because they actually have waterfront property, 55 acres, a lot more than nine that they're getting on the strip. The city of Oakland has come up with $375 million in offsite funds already for the A's. That's more than Vegas is offering right now. Plus, the city and county has offered to help pay for the on-site, the area where the ballpark would be, the infrastructure there as well. They'd reimburse the A's. So Oakland at this point has come up with far more money than Las Vegas is even offering, more than that $395 million that they could possibly get in Vegas. And yet, the A's have still walked away. And that right there is the exclamation point on this. Whenever somebody says Oakland has screwed another team up, another situation up, think about what Casey just said. All of those things are check marks in the box of Oakland, and the A's have ignored that and just, I don't know, bamboozled their way into Vegas for more free stuff. But it's not the fault of Oakland. That's To me, that's my biggest disappointment here is that people are mis they're mischaracterizing this as Oakland's a flawed community and so the A's have to leave versus what you just said is Oakland has stepped up and the A's the A's are just they're conning everybody out of more free stuff in Las Vegas yeah I mean you look at what the A's asked Oakland to do Oakland did all that. The problem is there was a global pandemic and inflation and, and construction costs went up through the roof. And so everything went way beyond what the A's asked Oakland to do. And Oakland kept raising money. So at this point, they've done what they were asked. But how do you make a deal with somebody that doesn't want to commit? And so far, that has been the big story of the A's situation here. John Fisher is afraid to commit. He didn't want to commit in Oakland. He didn't want to commit to a site in Las Vegas. You saw he finally committed to a site in Las Vegas, the Wild Wild West site, right at the end of the legislative session when they were already telling him, dude, you've got to pick a site. You've got to pick a site. So what did he do? He finally picked a site. 20 days later, he picked another site. So at this point, it's a big problem with commitment, I think. Yeah, I, I think John Fisher has a problem with commitment. I would say that that's a, that's a, that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> Casey Pratt, ABC7 of the Bay Area. My man, I know it's early for you. Thanks so much. You look good for 6.32 in the morning, so you're doing something right. <laughs> I woke up a little early just to get ready for you, Damon. You know, I had to bring the best for your show, your listeners, and, uh, you know, we, we always like coming on here and talking, and everybody's really excited for this, so I had to try to bring it. It's the healthy Bay Area lifestyle that you're living that's doing well for you. By the way, the the, the walkout is coming, right? We have the, the reverse protest coming from A's fans in a few weeks. Yeah, the reverse protest is scheduled for June. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting, June 13th. And can they pack that place? Will they pack that place? And how crazy is it going to be if they do pack that place and start doing their eighth inning little stroll around the Coliseum <laughs> with their cell chants? <laughs> it's going to be crazy. I love it. I love it. 
Watch for the reverse protest as A's fans pack the building to show ownership. We are here. We want to root for this team, but you guys are a bunch of crooks. I love it. Casey, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Have me, I'll be happy to come on anytime. Give me a call. Right on. Casey Pratt joining us, ABC7 of the Bay Area, and that is just a word of the wise in Las Vegas. I don't blame anybody in Vegas for wanting a baseball team. Look, the Knights have been great. They, they could go to another Stanley Cup final here. The Raiders stadium is obviously gorgeous, and that's been big-time professional sports again, NFL for Vegas. You want baseball, you love baseball, you want a team, I don't blame you at all. But what you don't want is to get in business, to get in bed with that guy, with that ownership, because Fisher and Cavill are disasters. And you can get their team, but what's it going to be? It's going to be more dysfunction. They're, they're awful. They're awful at this business thing. So I, I just, if I was Vegas, I would say, no thanks. We're set up well for an expansion team. Baseball knows we could be a good site. We've proven it with the Knights. We say no to this ownership. We're not giving you handouts of that ownership. You guys can keep the A's. You guys can keep Fisher. We'll take an expansion team. That's the way I would play it. If I was Vegas, I would say we're not giving handouts to a crook like John Fisher. No way. All right, standing by with headlines, here is a kind sir, Andrew Bogish. DA, after winning the first two games of the Eastern Conference Final in Boston, the Heat back at home last night, looking to put the Celtics in a stranglehold. James catches, puts up a three, won't go, rebound, box, back out to Allen, his three-pointer, Oh, I'm sorry. That was Ray Allen's amazing three against the Spurs <laughs> oh, from the 2013 no. <laughs> finals. Our tape op had it labeled as from last night. My bad. Uh, that should have been a Gabe Vincent three. He scored a career high 29 in a 128-102 route of the Celtics. I don't know if surprise is the word. I mean, we played well tonight. We defended. We made shots. Um, we forced them into turnovers. And it was just great to be home. I think we rode the momentum of our crowd as well. Jimmy Butler played a supporting role with 16 points, 8 boards, and 6 assists. His team shot nearly 57% overall, hit 19 threes, while the Celtics got just 26 combined points from Tatum and Brown. The Nuggets can win this sprint to the finals tonight, Game 4 at the Lakers. And don't forget... Game one of the finals, not until June 1st, no matter what. So the oh, NBA, wow. yeah. So oh, the, come on. So oh. the NBA may have a long break on its hands so soon. So we can, if we get two sweeps, it's done by Wednesday night? Uh, no, tomorrow night. Tomorrow Tuesday night. night. Yes. So we would have an eight-day layoff in between the conference finals and yep. game one of the NBA finals. Yeah, now the NBA has never had two sweeps in the conference final. <laughs> I don't think that they could change things for this year, but this could lead them I, to be a little more flexible. I don't understand why they can't. This isn't the NFL. You can't tell me hotel rooms. You have no idea who the two teams they are going to be until they clinch. It's for TV. I think they want to make sure the ends. Yep. The end of the finals is at a certain point in June. They they have structured the finals for, let's see, June 1 is a Thursday. What they want, I think, is it ends up going like Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, I, Thursday, no, I get, I get Saturday, that. something like that. And so... I get the nights that they've stretched. It's the same nights they play the last two. I get that, but... But all you're doing then with the TV part is they're now just filling more program ahead of time. Who cares if you fill it well, afterwards? Well, I would wonder, though if they actually aren't filling. Like, ABC's schedule next week 
I don't know how it lines up, ABC, TNT, but there's a there's a possibility where they're not they don't have free nights before Thursday. Well, June my 1st. my guess is they want to, like I just said, do Thursday, Saturday, or Thursday, Sunday, whatever that is. And so if they st- if they have to start on a Thursday because they realize that's their their number one date, it's either this Thursday or next Thursday. And so there's no way you can plan for this Thursday because that would be like game five or game six I, of these I, I get, series. I would understand this if every NBA Finals game was a Tuesday, Thursday, or Sunday every year. But the moment they start on Thursday, they end up with a Friday the following week. That's the way it's been. So, like, that's the only thing where I think this that argument kind of falls. Well, if their game one, if they if they want it on a Thursday, it just so happens that they, they planned on these not being too... Uh, I, sweeps and it would have to be this Thursday or next Thursday. I, I mean, is that what we're if saying? If they wanted to start on a Thursday, but if I, I, that's what I'm saying. But starting on a Tuesday and playing game two on a third, like if you went that way, that really matters that much. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know, but that is interesting because if we get a sweep tonight and then a sweep tomorrow night, both series are over Tuesday night, and then we wouldn't play game one until a week from Thursday. <laughs> so that's a hell of a layoff. Uh, as, Sean, as Sean, excuse me, pointed out during Bacon, all four conference final games on ice have now gone to overtime. It was the Golden Knights and Stars yesterday afternoon in Vegas. Bennett in the right circle, out in front, Reinhardt, backdoor, and they score! And it's Matthew Kachuk, the overtime winner! And the Panthers take game two! They lead two games to none! It only took a minute and 51 seconds! A power play goal in win it 2-1 Matthew Kachuk again how'd that get in there me and my high horse again uh that's Matthew Kachuk game two on Saturday for the Panthers over the Hurricanes it was Chandler Stevens and they got Vegas a 3-2 win a 2-0 lead yesterday Bing Steve exactly he's not making any friends in Dallas uh the Mets are on a see that's a good one Thank you. The Thank Mets you. are on a five-game win streak after beating Could the Guardians. They be down by any more goals? <laughs> <laughs> That's a Chandler reference. That's that was see, we tossed at that often. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did you ever watch funny. the show? Yes, I did. It rode Seinfeld's coattails to one of the most overrated sitcoms of all time. Uh, the Mets beat the Guardians twice yesterday, 5-4 in the afternoon, 2-1 on Sunday night baseball. Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander combined to allow one run on six hits with 10 Ks over 14 innings. The Angels got a 4-2 afternoon win over the Twins, improving to 8-2, and and Shohei Otani's their starting pitcher. He allowed just to run 9 Ks over six yesterday, but got a no decision. Brooks Kepka's once again the PGA champ, his third Wanamaker trophy, his fifth major after a two-shot win over Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland at Oak Hill. Jack and Tiger, the only others to win the PGA three or more times since it became a stroke play event in 1958. Well-traveled QB Josh Johnson reportedly re-signing with the Ravens for whom he played in 2016, then 2021. The only bad news here is that Johnson doesn't extend his NFL record for most teams played for which stays at 14 for now. And Brittany Griner played her first game back in Phoenix yesterday, 27 points and 10 boards, but her Mercury lost to the Chicago Sky, 75-69. DA, back to you. Josh Johnson has played for 14 <laughs> NFL teams? Yeah. Yep. And, and now he's played in an NFC Championship game as well. That's almost half the league. Yeah. And was the quarterback of the San Diego Fleet. Yeah. Which he's most proud of. If you ask him, that's really yeah. the number one accomplishment. Played for Mike Martz. Has anybody watched any USFL? 
Uh, for exactly 90 seconds on Saturday at 4 o'clock, and I quickly pivoted to softball on ESPN. It was wow. terrible. You were brought to softball. Texas, you Texas buy- A&M. It was actually a good game, yeah. You buy- <laughs> so I accidentally switched to a game, might have been yesterday or Saturday, and I saw the New Jersey Generals, and it made yes. me think for a second, I thought Schwartz was angry that there wasn't a team. No, he was angry at the XFL <laughs> because oh, there wasn't a team. Okay. But the New Jersey Generals, none of them have ever stepped foot in New Jersey either because the oh, games right. are playing two bubbles. Yeah, they get play- mediocre uh, leagues right. They play no home games, right? The New Jersey Generals have never played here in the in the area. Right, I think it's like half Bingham, Binghamton, half Indianapolis. Binghamton or Birmingham? Binghamton or Birmingham. 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 <laughs> Birmingham. No, if it was Binghamton, Schwartz would drive up there to do those games. And Jacob would be calling them. Yeah, it's honestly, it's pathetic. The whole thing is pathetic. I'm so glad we're not in on spring football. We'd be an embarrassing show if we were. What about XFL? Anybody watch that? No, as a matter of fact, right? We is didn't that get on? we didn't get a Saturday night playoff game last week in the NBA because ABC needed to air the XFL championships. You didn't get a Saturday night game last week. Who won? Uh, I think the Arlington uh, a team. Binghamton. Was that Bob Stoops' team? Bob right. Stoops won yes. the XFL. Yes, Stoops got a ring. So Stoops won that ring, and um, what's his face? Steve Sharippa won the the AAF one. <laughs> <laughs> Sharippa from Sopranos? No, not Sharippa. Who am I thinking of? Oh. Our guy, the Apollos coach. A guy. Spurrier? Spurrier. You I called th- Steve Spurrier Steve Sharippa? I don't know why I did. I, I thought you were making a, like a sight joke. Like the guy looked like Steve no, Sharippa. No, uh, Steve Spurrier, not Steve Spurrier Sharippa. Spurrier is back coaching? No. I'm, no. No. The AAF, the best team in the AAF that should have won was Spurrier. That's what I was saying. So now Stoops and Spurrier have won. Remember Spurrier made the rings? Forget Sharippa. I got the wrong SS coach. <laughs> the other guy's not a coach. So Sharippa coached in the Whatever. XFL. Whatever. Yeah. Yes. But let's not deduct a wink. It's definitely me and DA's fault. <laughs> the end of the road here. Steve Spurrier, not Steve Sharippa. Steve Sharippa's Bobby Bacala. Steve Spurrier's Steve Spurrier. <laughs> Steve Spurrier's the guy with the trains. Oh, no, that's Steve Sharippa. Okay. All, ball, all, ball, all ball coach. Wow. Okay. So that's good to know that Stoops won a title. He finally got a ring. Is it good to know? <laughs> no. No. It's meaningless. Meaningless to know that. When we come back on the show, we've got advanced analytics and your epic fail, DA, CBS Sports Radio. No one knows what analytics is. They think it's like a bunch of nerds doing math, which I don't know, maybe that's what it is. It's time now for the Mothership's Advanced Analytics. Okay, the Celtics find themselves down 3-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals to an eight-seed... Well, no, that's not your normal eight seed. And the Bruins were bounced in the first round after winning the President's Trophy for the best record, had a historic regular season, which is the bigger Boston choke job this spring. 63% of you say it's the Bruins. Now, data, the data department delivers this. Boston built America's number one first subway back in 1897. The city of Newton, Massachusetts, was the inspiration for the name Fig Newton Cookies. And the first Dunkin' location ever was located in Quincy, Massachusetts. One poll, by the way, listed the Patriots' undefeated failure against the Giants in the Super Bowl as the most heartbreaking moment in Boston sports history. Another poll lists the David Ortiz post-Boston Marathon speech as the most memorable. But 
There's been some heartbreaking moments, certainly in Boston sports history. Bucky Dent comes to mind. Also, Bill Buckner comes to mind, etc. Okay, what did we decide on for the epic fail this morning? The fail is what I want Badlands' belch to smell like. Oh, yeah, this was pretty disgusting. Here's your fail. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic fail. Well, when it comes to Badlands, did you explain that we need him to belch in your face from the deepest recesses of his body and then smack you with a kill box? I will tell you exactly what I have told uh, Mr. Booker. Um, I think I'm confident to just go and crush it. Uh, count me in. Your dad's backyard. Thanks for inviting me back. Okay, so I went through the whole thing. You know, we had to rational a little bit. Your dad's backyard. I said, I lost the bet on the show. To end the show as part of this elaborate scheme, I also need you to slap me in the face with a hot dog or a sausage. But then you also need to burp in my face. I assumed you'd be down, so I never asked. <laughs> he wrote, ha, 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 with an exclamation point. I would definitely be down. It's all good. Whatever you need me to do, I'll do. Oh, I'm the baddest man from the Badlands. Oh, Badlands is just an all-time great person. There is nothing you could tell him that he'd be like, ooh, no, I don't do that. <laughs> well, Mraz, what well, do you hope you smell? What do you hope the experience is? I want to smell a hot dog from the contest in 96, DA. I hope that something's still in there. Oh, there goes a belch! I think, look, if you're smelling a Badlands burp, you want hot dog in there. You want hot dog in there. Now, he's chugged Mountain Dew. I think he did a fishbowl of his own ecto-cooler the other day. So I'm assuming you got to get a lot of weird sugars thrown at you. I mean, bologna's bologna, you know what I'm saying? But deep down, if you, it's like, I don't know. If you're going to have Badlands burp in your face, you don't want to go to a Yankee game and watch Aaron Judge strike out four times. You better get hot dog in that burp. Yeah, you you want to smell memorabilia? <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, he's known originally for the hot dog thing. So you want hot dogs in there. You, do, you don't want to pay admission and then be left a little disappointed. Now he faked us all out. Epic fail, you loser. That is why you fail. Epic fail. What an exciting time to be alive. Friday, June the 16th. We have the Bob's Bar Show. If you're deciding to come in from out of town, we have a one-sheet of travel guide for you. But on that morning, Friday of Father's Day weekend, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern time, 3 Pacific. We will have a party to end all parties to begin the summer, official summer kickoff for us. Yes, it's a few weekends after Memorial Day, but so what? That's fine. We're going to push and pull the calendar to our our disposal. All right, thanks to Sean Moraz, executive producer. Thanks to Pete the Body Bilotti on the Wheels of Steel and Audio Director. Thanks to Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch DA. And thanks to Andrew Bogish on your headlines. I am off tomorrow, so enjoy the guys. Everybody, keep it locked right here tomorrow as the rest of the crew holds it down for you. Be good and be good to one another. I'm DA and the Mothership Disconnects. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 